have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. This is Marcus Canello. I'm 36, 24, 36, all natural. My turnoffs are war, pollution, and mean people. My turn-ons are Palm Trees, Tom Waits, and the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. People have always asked me, Flynn, how do I become a professional wrestler? How do I become an actor? How do I become a podcaster? How do I get an agent? Well, if you're somebody that's asked these questions, then I've got the solution for you. I'm now offering coaching options that will help you find the answers to these questions and get on the path to success. So if you've been held back by fear, overthinking, or just don't know where to start, email me at thflynnhendricks at gmail.com, use the subject line coaching, and let me get in your corner and help get you on the path to success. And I know you hear me. Podcast. With Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 in the zone. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks. And if this is your first episode, let me go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. You picked a great one to start with. I have got an awesome guest lined up for you, and I hope that after you hear this interview, you might be ever so enticed to go back into the archives and subscribe to this podcast and dive into the over year's worth of interviews I have waiting for you. And... In case you're wondering, I'm going to make it easy for you. This podcast is available on all podcasting platforms. We're on Spotify. We're now on Amazon. We're on Apple, Google, you name it, we're there. Just like my sister podcast, Tales from the Haunt, which my engineer over here, just Jeff and I co-host and talk about what it's like to be a scare actor in the world of haunted houses. So if you're into things spooky, go check that out. It's available on all podcasting platforms. And guess what, guys? We are also on all social media platforms. So if you want to get connected and find out what we got going on, check the show notes. I've got links to everything there. I'm going to make it nice and easy for you. And on top of that, too, let's talk about supporting the show. Because I've got merch available if you want to keep this show afloat. Whether you're a fan of wrestling, voiceover, tales from the haunt, you name it. We've got merch available, and all purchases do help keep this show afloat, and a portion of all sales do go to the Nashville Humane Society. So that's a win-win for everybody. Plus, if you would like us to ship you some merchandise, we can do that, or you can check out my Pro Wrestling Tees link in the show notes. All of that will get you a shout-out on the podcast if you take a picture, tag us in it. We'll get that shout-out on the podcast, and you'll get a shout-out on social media, 
and you'll be doing some good for the world helping those fur babies that need a good home too. So, Jeff, I'd say everybody wins on that, right? Oh, yeah. Jeff's giving the thumbs up over here, so that's a win-win. Let me tell you just how excited I am to have our interview here tonight because this is one that it seems like the world made us work to make this interview uh, time actually happen here because it seems like when we had a date set, a booking or whatever it may be, life in general just made us reschedule, but we finally got it on the books. We're finally here making it happen, and I am so excited because... My guest today is a certified master life coach, and I think I could use a tip or two from her too as well. So I'm excited to get in and find out what led her down this path. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to have on the show tonight, Andrea Tessier. Andrea, how are you tonight? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really good. Thank you. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. And like I said, I'm glad that we got you here because I know it's kind of just been like a you know, just finding a way to make it work, but I'm glad we finally did. So this is going to be an exciting interview. I can already tell. Yeah. In the coaching world, we call it making a way out of no way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I heard a, I heard a phrase growing up that I've always stuck with where there's a will, there's a way. And it seems like there was a will to have this conversation. So we were going to make a way to make it happen. So I'm, I'm excited that we're finally here and it's going down. So let's, um, Let's back it up to the beginning then. Tell me what led you to want to become a life coach? Yeah, okay, that's that's a great question and it what I was a teacher for 13 years. Okay. I was a classroom teacher. I was a very good teacher and what um, uh, what age range did you teach? Mainly like elementary school. A okay. Bit of- okay. And I think I was, you know, really in the when I looking back on it now, that time while I was quite good at teaching and it was really aligned for me for a really long time, mm-hmm. um, my last two years, it just wasn't anymore. It wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. It wasn't what I was called to do. And it was impacting me personally and professionally. And then of course that right. shows up in the classroom and with oh, kids yeah. and stuff. That's, that's not okay. Um, and my last two years, when I look back on it in the classroom, it it was, I was totally burnt out and I'm sure, I'm sure everybody is familiar with a burnt out teacher. Like it's just not, it's not fun for anybody. And, you know, I was doing all the things I was supposed to do, right. We're all familiar with that, doing Mm -hmm. that hustle and the sacrifice and getting that career that like looks right on paper that has like the dental plan and the pension and very much so right. Right. Like doing it right. And I was, I was really good at pushing through and figuring it out. And it was really through that burnout that I was like, hmm, maybe something isn't quite right. And I, I ended up leaving teaching. My body got me out of it from being in that kind of like flight or fight mode for mm-hmm. so long. And that's when I actually started to look inward. And I realized that there was a lot of personal healing that got to happen that I sort of bypassed with all of the doing and getting it right. Yeah. And it was really on that healing journey that it was revealed to me, like kind of intuitively kind of being inspired by mentors that I was following and that were on my healing journey that I was like, Oh, I could do this too. Now that I'm kind of on the other side of this thing, this is something that I have the capacity to help other people with. And so, yeah, while people have like a calling or a passion and they just Mm -hmm. know that wasn't it for me. For me, it was like revealed yeah. in one of my darkest times. 
That's amazing. And I, just a question, too, because this is something that I'm currently going through as well. When you've been in that job, in that position for so long, like you said, you're doing everything to make it look right on paper. You've got the benefits. You've got everything that you're always told we're supposed to have from a job. And then you figure out that's not for you. What is it like when you throw the wrench in the routine to change up your life after you've been in it for so long? How do you adapt to those changes? And then what's it like for the people around you and your support system? Are they encouraging of that? Are they trying to talk you out of it? How did that dynamic work? Yeah. So it, I don't know. Can we spare on here? It's, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is. When, when all that's left for you to do is to leap and like hope that a net will catch you at some point, mm -hmm. that's really scary. And it's scary for people who you know, like to be really organized and yeah. like to have a plan, you know, like that personality for anybody. It's, it's really scary. And it came to such like a pivotal point for me that doing what I was doing and feeling the way I was feeling was worse than doing the scary thing and mm -hmm. not knowing. And that's, and so, oh, that's, it's a horrible feeling. Cause that's something that I've been going through like the last two, three years or so, and finally figuring out why and what it is and following in your footsteps, basically, but it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, it is because it's not just, what do I want my external circumstances to look like? How do I figure that out? It's an inside job. Absolutely. And it's that inside job to cultivate that inner safety and self-trust and sense mm -hmm. of empowerment that actually will allow the next steps to reveal itself. And so I didn't have a plan. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to be a life coach and I'll train this way. And this is what I'm going to, it wasn't that it was day after day, taking it one day at a time, waking up and asking myself, like, what do I need in that, in that moment? Absolutely. And you know, I'm, I'm lucky. Like I did have people who supported me who mm -hmm. were like, okay, like we trust you. You've, you know, like proved yourself enough in life. You're not going to fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully but there is that part like there there is the inner judge that's like "Ooh, what do people what are people going to think of me mm -hmm. you know because what do people lead with usually when they meet you like "Ooh, what do you do and when you're like "Ooh, like nothing yeah. <laughs> i'm figuring it out like it's just an awkward conversation to have right it really is and i mean even that's even if you're the one that's confident enough to say that or you're the one that's confident enough to make the decisions and the leaps like you did while they're still kind of stuck in the mud being miserable and checking the box in their everyday life because they're not willing to make that jump too it's it's a catch-22 basically yeah and that exactly it gets to be confronting for other people that mm -hmm. are like oh am i doing something wrong now right right and you got to tread that line you know unless you just want to have the awkward conversation but that's that's mm -hmm. neither here nor there at this point yeah. And I think ultimately it came to a point for me where I realized like I had to be bigger than that. Like my mission, my preferred purpose, my desire to have a fulfilling life. Like mm -hmm. I had to dedicate myself to finding out who I really am. Yeah. And all of that, like I had to turn down the volume. Like it didn't get to matter anymore because right. ultimately it doesn't. Absolutely. And I know one thing that a lot of people, and like as I've recently started going to, uh, you know, counseling and therapy to confront a lot of my stresses and different things that I've just kind of pushed to the side or use this podcast as an outlet to express, have made me realize that, you know, a lot of people have problems confronting those inner issues head on and they'll do anything in the book to, you know, like avoid that or make an excuse or whatever. So, what was it like for you when you started confronting those on your end? 
Yeah. Well, I just want to acknowledge you for going and for like saying that on here and making a platform where like, it's okay. Because I think everybody should have a team. Like I still have a team, team Tessier, like that therapist and like all the people, because it is really confronting to look. We aren't conditioned to look right. Yeah. Most of us were like, okay, we're conditioned to like numb. It's not okay to feel the bad feelings because yeah. then people, people feel uncomfortable about that. And so it's hard to talk about, or we do this thing where we like bypass it and we say, we're actually fine when we're not just mm-hmm. to make other people not feel uncomfortable. Yep. Every day at work, I hate to say it, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a, a function of a, hu- a bunch of different things like our societies and just isn't transparent in that way yeah and so in many families of origins being able to express ourselves and feel and deal with like that stuff mm-hmm. isn't often taught and or modeled right no, at least no, it's i not. was a I was a child in the eighties. Like when we had a problem, it was like, you had a big feeling. You went to your room, you dealt with it until you could come out and pretend nothing happened. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's truth be told, like with, with the situation with my job that I've been at for almost seven years now, uh, as we're recording this gave notice last Friday, but you know, having the conversation with my support system, they grew up in a time where you just, you went to work, Sometimes you would work seven days a week. You never complained about it, no matter how bad it was. You got the check. You, you know, you just came home and did your thing and you provided for your family. So, you know, having that hard conversation with them, it was, you know, and again, I I referenced therapy because one thing that I was told was that kind of situation is what is like a large majority percentage of what causes men to get divorced in American society because they don't know how to talk about that or they don't know how to address those issues and you can't leave it at the door. And I, I didn't want to repeat the process that my parents went through either. So it's, you know, it's just, it's hard because like you said earlier, we're not taught to do that. You're, you go to your room and you just, you hash it out with yourself until you're ready to come out again. And that's, that's just too common of what people do and it's not healthy. Yeah. And it's, and it's avoidance too, right? This is where addiction comes in, or this is where like scrolling on the socials comes in where like, you know, binge watching on Netflix comes Mm in even like things that are more like socially appropriate, like overworking and workaholism becomes like a better way to cope with your stuff than to absolutely. Absolutely. there's, and I think there's a few reasons for it. Like people think like, Ooh, if I actually open that box, like that what's going to happen, like all get stuck there. And so that's too scary. And it's also a lack of tools of, of knowing how to do that in a safe way. And people are just trained in so much Mm self-judgment as well, that it's like, something's wrong with me as a human because I'm experiencing these things and comparing themselves to other people and going, well, they seem like they're fine. So what's wrong with me? Um, so I think it's a mix of stuff that really holds people back from doing the deep work and ultimately like you can only have a fulfilling life if you dedicate yourself to finding out who you really are. Absolutely. So underneath those layers of conditioning and identities that you thought you had to adopt and mistaken beliefs is who you are. Mm -hmm. And I'm of the belief that you, me, we're all perfect, whole and complete underneath all of that and already and so there's nothing that actually needs to be fixed there is a healing that gets to happen that we get to come home to ourselves yep 
and that's that's a powerful feeling when you finally crack the door open and you start working your way towards that. You start feeling better about yourself until you finally get to that point. And I'm not at that point yet, but I know that I'm on the path to it. But again, you know, you you have to make the choice to get there yourself, and that's you know having somebody like you as a life coach or having a team around you to help you get there. That's the biggest thing that you have to do to have that confidence in yourself, I think, to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like awareness is huge. Mm -hmm. Like just being willing to look and having that courage to be like, okay, I'm going to look at this thing. Like I'm going to look at this pattern I've caught myself in for, you know, decades. And, and then being able to reach out for support requires so much courage. Um, So it's always, always such a win when people say yes to themselves um, and decide that they're going to look at that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And then just kind of going back to when you first became a life coach to where you are now, even what was it like for you when you had these consultations with new clients? And, you know, I'm not asking for any specifics because of HIPAA and different things like that. But when you see these people that are so just not used to opening up or talking about those things, or you catch them trying to deflect, what has that been like from where you started to where you are now to helping guide them on that journey to, you know, like self-discovery and self-healing? What has that been like? Yeah, that's such a great question. So people come to me with different levels of awareness Mm -hmm. and different levels of readiness. And some are like, have read all of the personal development books and they can list off all their stuff and they, it's not quite in their body yet. Right. And some people are like, Oh, I'm really stressed. Can you just help me not be so stressed? And I'm like, yeah, and we're also going to go into all of this childhood stuff right, that you right, have right. to look at. Um, and so I guess for me in that in that journey, like part of like the the foundations to my practice is really compassion, listening, and mm-hmm. creating a safe space. And so personally and professionally, if somebody can feel really safe and like they're not being judged, however they're showing up, is such a freaking power tool. Absolutely. And, and I, I would imagine you would feel the same way in your work when you're talking to people, right? As long as yeah. they feel accepted, as long as they feel safe, as long as they feel like they are seen and heard and what they feel, very true, they feel a value, mm-hmm. then they can slowly start to o- open up. And I'm of the belief that healing comes from being safe. Of course. that's. I think that's a pretty safe bet right there for sure. And, you know, just speaking of feeling safe, I feel like this may translate into my next question, but as you started, you know, the life coaching practice and everything, and you got into that, when did you start feeling comfortable with like, you know, just after you had the decade or however long of teaching and, you know, like that was your comfort zone, that was what you did. Then you transitioned to this. How long did it take you to, you know, get I guess, a sense of comfortability in what you were doing and did teaching play a part in helping you get comfortable doing that? Yeah, that's such a great question. So yes, for sure. And I still, in a way, see myself as a teacher, just like in a really different capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that I could get out of my own head yeah, and into just presence with a person, then you're automatically more comfortable because you're not judging yourself. You're not going, mm, do they think I'm an idiot? What am I saying? Is this right, stupid? Right. Like, because I am just there in service of that person. Absolutely. And that's a product of doing my own work all of the time. 
like I said, own coaches, own therapists, um, because when stuff comes up and I'm not in integrity, I get to take it somewhere else and be supported. Yeah. So I get to show up better for my clients because I am a constant student of the work myself. And absolutely. so that is, that has absolutely gotten better over the last three years or so mm-hmm. because of well, hours put in and reps put in and, you know, professional development and personal development. Right. Um, but also because I'm committed to also healing those parts in myself. Of course. And so I'm of the belief that I can't take my clients somewhere that I've never gone before. Exactly. And that's, that's 100% spot on because if you don't know it, you can't give authentic teaching to it or, you know, authentic, you know, techniques to it as well. And that's, it's very similar to the acting principles that I've, I've taught to several people. I know Jeff has seen it as well. He knows it. If you can't bring authenticity to it, people won't, people won't believe it. They won't buy into it, whatever you're trying to, whether it's performance teaching and mentoring, whatever it is, if there's not an authentic self behind it, it's hard for people to buy into it. Yeah, right. Because when you bring an element of perfectionism or people pleasing to it or like getting it right, mm-hmm. it creates a barrier and that's felt. It can Absolutely. feel really and and you're right. Like that authenticity, be like being able to create a connection is is so important. Very, yeah. very true. And then a couple of things I want to go back to that you said first was getting out of your own head. And that's something that took me forever to get to the point where I wasn't, you know, trying to predict things that didn't even end up happening or trying to be three steps ahead of something that hasn't even occurred yet. And thankfully, like improv is something that has helped me kind of slow that down a little bit and be more in the moment. I still struggle with it sometimes, but what was that process like for you to be more in the moment and be more present, especially when you're in a session with somebody and helping them? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, yeah, getting in our own head, like this is what we do. Like we are these full beings with a mind, body, spirit, emotions, and we operate from like the chin up 99% of right, the time. Right, And so we're like, well, what do I do if I'm not in my head? And like, how do I just like, hit pause right how many what is people this mystery like, world <laughs> yeah how do you actually do that um and and it's a few different practices like i'm really practiced with like people will say like getting in the body mm-hmm. so the more you can kind of like drop into like sensation and experiences in your body yeah your head just kind of like tunes tunes off a little bit with some practice so like doing some body scans doing yoga like all of those things are really really powerful and so is joy and play and fun. Yes. Right. When you are like having fun and pl- just pleasure for the sake of enjoyment, you're not thinking about all your to-do list or what you're going to get at the grocery store or what your roommate from college thought about the podcast that you did three weeks ago. And if yeah, they're, you yeah. know, if they're offended, right. You're not thinking about that because you're in the moment yeah. and, and it's really fun. And so I think those are, those are some practices that have helped me like turn off the switch off my brain and, and a meditation practice as well. Like that's really, really dedicated for me where I have like a disciplined practice every single day to like quiet my mind. I love it. I love it. I still need to, I may need to get some tips from you on that one, especially around (laughs) bedtime, but we'll, we'll talk about that another time, but, um, especially I want to go back to something else that you mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know, the burnout with, 
with going through what you went through earlier, um, especially now with the routines you have, the meditation and just the self-care and self-love and self-awareness more than anything else, is it easier for you to notice when you're coming up, uh, you know, like on a burnout spell or if you feel it setting in and is it easier for you to find ways to get around that after like it may have set in and you just like it crept up on you? Is that something that's become easier to work on now that you become more self-aware as well? Yes, 100%. Because most people, again, we're so desensitized, mm-hmm. right? With so much information outside of us, we are very much programmed in what we call like the outside in game. Yeah. So when I control everything around me, when I get approval, control, safety outside of me, then I'll feel better. And this is what we're taught from like the mm-hmm. time we're very, very young. And the only way that we can actually start to like win the game of life is to turn it into an inside out game. Yeah. And that's sourcing the security approval control from an internal place. And when you start to play that game, you start to look here in your own like heart Mm -hmm. for the answers and for the security that you need. And part of that is sensitizing yourself to the feelings that you're having and the emotions that you're having, because you're no longer looking outside of you to like outsource, like, oh, am I doing a good job? You're actually feeling it. Right. And that takes practice. Like I'm somebody who is like so desensitized to what I was feeling, to what my inner experiences was. Like so many women, especially don't even know what they want, what they prefer, what Mm -hmm. they like, because it was never asked. It was never, they were never given permission to. And so you get to start giving yourself permission to like feel. And when you start doing that, you start to question like, okay, how did I get to overwhelm? Like, let's walk this cat back a little bit. What happened before I lost my mind at the staff meeting? (laughs) What happened when I screamed at my dog when we were out on a walk? Like what happened before that? And then you get to start peeling back the layers and going like, oh yeah, like I had a really shitty sleep the night before. And like, I didn't eat breakfast. And that person really pissed me off when he cut me off in the car. And like, you can start peeling it back and going like, oh yeah. And then I had that tension in my chest oh yeah and I've been like you know bracing my belly all day and you get these cues that you're Mm -hmm. like oh that was a little bit off and then you can start peeling that back so that the next time you get that little twinge in your belly you're like oh I might be getting stressed and you get to catch it there before this whole unfolding of all of these things that happen that you end up feeling guilty about later right and that's that's something that I'm still becoming more self-aware of and actually being more comfortable communicating it because sometimes it's just, I don't know why it's happening. And I don't, I haven't taken the steps you just mentioned to, to, you know, walk it back and see what led up to that. But that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a life hack right there in itself. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I would also add, like, you don't need to know why. Right. Like you can take the pressure off of like justifying why you feel that way And because you're a human, you just get to feel that way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you permission to act like an asshole to the next person, but you are entitled to your feeling. And the more that you can like accept that and be like, yeah, okay. I'm feeling really tense in my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have been feeling, you know, this way I've been feeling off for a few days. I've been really tired. Well, then from a place of non-judgment, you can actually get ahead of that and you can start putting things in place before it turns into full-blown burnout. Yeah. Right? Because we start, we push past all of these like really early warning signs 
thinking like this is what we're supposed to do. I just have to get to the weekend. I just have to get to the holiday. I just have to get to mm-hmm. retirement and then I'll be okay. Like F that. Yeah. You get to live your life right now. And like what's getting in your way in this moment. Exactly. Man, such such wise words. And then like just because you you are this wealth of information, are do you still encounter people, especially in today's day and age where we live in a world of skeptics and cynicism and it seems like negativity sells in media? With, with life coaching, you know, personal training, whatever it may be, because at one point I was a personal trainer and, you know, I, I encountered so many people that just said, I've got this on my own. Why do I need to come to you or, you know, whatever it may be. Do you have do you still encounter people like that? And what would your message be to somebody that may think along those lines to maybe help them see it from a different perspective? Yeah, that's so great. And there's a lot of people that are there. There's a lot of people who this, the safest thing for them, the most comfortable thing at the moment is to keep doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and to push the things under the rug because they're not quite ready. And that's okay. Like that gets to be part of the journey. Yeah. And unfortunately, we almost have to hit a rock bottom before we just dis- we decide and make the choice like, oh, I can't keep doing it this way. Yeah. And I don't know why it's like that, but it's like that almost across the board. Like people come to me when they are burnt out, when they are depressed, when they're anxious, when they feel mm-hmm. like crap, when their relationship ends, like after they've ignored millions and millions of signs, yeah. they have to wait, they wait until they're hit by like the cosmic two by four to the head before they're like, hmm, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> it just happens to be how it is. And I mean, by and, that point too, the habits that you've built up acknowledging and allowing that to keep happening are going to be so hard to break. And it's just, and I'm guilty of that myself. So just speaking from experience, I still don't know why you have to hit rock bottom, but looking back at it, a lot of the stuff that led me to that point on my road to, you know, self-progress and self-recovery and everything, those have been like some of the things that still creep in and still can set you on a setback. And I, I, I just don't understand it, but I guess that's just part of the big journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, we only really have like two or three really big lessons to learn in life that you mm-hmm. just keep kicking us in the ass, like the same lessons. And we're like, Oh, that thing again. (laughs) Um, but I, I think if you're somebody that's starting to get curious about like, actually, is my, am I excited about my life? Like, am I actually fulfilled? Like, have I chosen this life or did I, am I doing what I suppose I'm supposed to do? And I'm not actually, you know, excited about my life. Like that's a great place to start is to start just asking questions because it's that curiosity that allows doors to open. It's that curiosity that precedes choice really, because when we're in just like, Oh, complacency, this is just how my life is. This is how it always has been. This is how my mom is. This is, you know, this is my personality. Um, we don't really feel like we have choice, but if we can get ourselves to a place where we're going like, am I happy? How is this a problem? Is this a problem? Am I satisfied? And is this useful? Like from that place, we can create a lot of momentum for transformation to start taking place. Absolutely. And then when that happens too, obviously there will be some people that are on your team and they're along for the ride. Some people that will fall by the wayside that you, that may catch you off guard. Have you ever, or what would your advice be to somebody like that where they may lose somebody that they thought was a best friend or, you know, a big support system in that journey 
that's just not on board with them because they're not ready for that personal growth. What would your message be to somebody like that that may be feeling guilty at this point for putting themselves first finally and making that step? What would what yeah. would that be for somebody? Yeah, I have so much compassion for that because we do. We talk about like the amazing part of the personal development journey and like mm -hmm. where the excitement and how you get to create this beautiful life. And we don't often talk about the grief that also gets to yeah. happen because parts of us, like old parts of us that no longer fit or work, like have to die Very true. for like the new awakening for the next level of yeah. our, our beingness. And it's just really, it's part of it. And we get to, you know, thank those people, those experiences, those events for who, how they were part of our path and part of our journey and, and also be ready to move on. Like I have lost so many friends and so many connections and I've also made so many really aligned ones that Absolutely. really. And that, that's yeah. the fun part too. And I mean, I just, again, you, what you've gone through is very similar to what I've gone through. And it's something that I know a lot of other people go through as well, but are not comfortable talking about, or they feel guilty about because, you know, again, they thought they had friends for life there or even family members, but you know, it's, it's a part of the personal journey because sometimes that person is there to teach you self-respect or to know your worth because they don't value that way. And that's a hard lesson to learn. But you know, again, some people just get used to being around that negativity and they're afraid to break away from it. Yeah, well, and humans are such creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. and we always do what's comfortable, um, even if it's not really serving us anymore. This Absolutely. Just, this is what we do. It's what we're wired for. And yeah, and this, yes, you said this, you asked a question around guilt. And guilt is like a part of us that's making something that we did wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's less of a feeling. It's more of like a construct, a belief that like something that we are doing isn't, isn't correct. Yeah. And correct to who? right? Like if that person came into your life and fulfilled that purpose, you learned what you needed from that person at that time, you get to move on and yeah. And you get to grieve that because that's also an important piece. Absolutely. I had to grieve my teaching career. I had to grieve like my, myself as an educator in that way. Um, yeah. For, for myself to really be able to move on from it. So. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it, it literally goes back to that old saying of, the comfort zone is our worst enemy because when you get in that comfort zone and you don't want to get out, you're stunting your own growth. You're stunting your own opportunities. You may miss out on life-changing events. And it's, it's one of the personal reasons I hate being stagnant. I hate being in the same place. I hate spinning my wheels because I want to be doing something different. And sometimes that's worked to my own detriment to the point where I've kind of you know, I've, I've burned myself out trying to get out of the comfort zone and doing it the wrong way. But, you know, again, that comfort zone is deadly. But as us being creatures of habit, it's something that we have to make that conscience effort to get away from as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's where like the power of questioning comes in again. Like, am I doing this because I really want to do this? Or am I doing this because I'm in a pattern? And is Absolutely. this pattern useful right now? Man, yeah. and it's uh, you mentioned the power of questioning, and I feel like that is a perfect segue here because I've been throwing a lot of questions your way now, and our audience already knows what's coming. You, I think you know what's coming. I can tell by the look on your face that you're pretty excited about it now. But we have covered so much ground here that I feel like 
it's time to flip the roles a little bit and let you throw some questions my way because I feel like our listeners may be getting some free life sessions out of you if we go any further here. <laughs> and I definitely want to make sure they get connected with you. So I'll have all the links to your information in the show notes. But let's flip the script a little bit and let's let you throw some questions my way. So let's do a deep dive and uh, reverse the roles a little bit. Uh, so do you want me to coach? Am I coaching? <laughs> Am I, coaching? I don't know. I feel like this may turn into a coaching <laughs> yeah. session. So maybe a free first session right there. And then everybody gets connected on that from there. But I, you've got my endorsement. That's for sure. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So let's, we'll start with an easy one. Okay. Um, who most influenced you as a child? Um, That would be, I don't know if I'm allowed to have like two people, but I, it would be my godparents. Um, because again, they were the ones I referenced earlier about, you know, you have the job, you you go to work, you provide for your family, and you don't complain about it. And my dad wasn't in the picture that much. He didn't want to be. So if it wasn't for them, you know, like my mom, my sister, and I would have been out on the street. There's no way we would have gone to school. There's no way we'd be living the life that we have now without them. And they just, they set that example. And my godfather specifically my kids love spending time with him. They love him picking them up from school, all that. And it, it keeps them young too, because they're in their seventies now, but they, they've just been the example. And like, even though they're not blood related, they're family to a T more than anything else. And they, they've been the example that I've set myself to follow and will beat myself up on sometimes if I don't feel like I live up to that standard. So still on that journey of self-progression and self-love, but you know, they, they set the bar so high that the world needs more of them to be completely honest. I love that. I love that. Thank you Thank for you. sharing. Of course. <laughs> um, what do you value most in life? Um, I think the biggest thing is just knowing that the opportunity is there, no matter how crazy the dream might be or how far fetched it may seem. Because mm -hmm. I mean, if, if I had limited myself at one point doing this seemed like it was just completely out of reach, becoming a professional wrestler, a voice actor, any of that stuff seemed like it was so far out of reach. But now here I am doing all the stuff that people told me I couldn't do or made fun of me for in high school. And I'm getting paid to do it. And I'm setting an example for my kids and, you know, I guess their friends as well that, and even nieces and nephews like, Hey, if I can do it, if I can chase a crazy dream, so can you. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the biggest thing for me is just having the opportunity to express yourself in multiple different ways, even if it seems far-fetched and being able to set that example for other people. Mm, I love that. Like really, like I'm hearing you creating a life by your own design and expressing yes. your life in a way that feels really authentic. Absolutely. That, and that, yeah. you, you worded it beautifully because I would have taken like five more hours to get to something not as pretty as that. And I mean, that, that nailed it to a T. Well, I, I identify with that because that's my story too. So I get it. <laughs> Perfect. See, I'm in good company then. <laughs> um, what are you afraid of? Um, let's see here. Physically, I just snakes. I'll, I'll say that right now. No shame. Snakes. Um, emotionally, it would honestly be um becoming my father because he wanted nothing to do with us. He wanted like basically. I was unplanned. My sister was planned. She was his favorite, and he made no bones about hiding that, and I still kind of carry some baggage from that, but we don't we don't associate anymore, and I just feel like if I set any kind of example like that to my sons, then I've, I've failed. So snakes and becoming the kind of parent my father was. So that's 
physical yeah. and emotional fears. Yeah, thank you for thank you for sharing that. Of course. And um I'm sorry that happened. It's 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 took me a while to uh to come to terms with it, but at this point, you know, like I said, I had I had a strong father figure with my godfather and the fact that my kids get to do all this stuff with him now when I didn't as a kid because of my dad, it just it means the world to me and it means the world to them as well because it's I, I never want to restrict those opportunities because like I said, it keeps them young and it makes my boys so happy that they get to relive a lot of these things that I got to do as a kid when I did get to be around them. I love that. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Um, when was the last time you laughed so hard till it hurt? Um, that would have actually been this weekend and I don't know if it hurt, but I know <laughs> that I definitely got dizzy and almost passed out. So I I'll, can't. I'll, I'll say that's on the same level, but I, and I can't even remember what it was for, but I think, um, I, I have to say it was related to something about putting in a notice with my job because there's been a lot of stress. There's been a lot of tension and, just one of my coworkers that actually helped me get hired, trained me, and he's finally getting his just due and getting promoted uh, too little too late. But, you know, just making a joke with him about it, and then it just, for whatever reason, you know, like the floodgates opened, and it just, it went from there. And for whatever reason, I just, I got so lightheaded and so dizzy because it was just like letting all this tension over seven years just out. It was... It was yeah. exhilarating, I guess, is the best way to, to sum it up. Yeah, humor is such a, a beautiful, like, medicine, yes. right? Yes, For it is. Situations, yeah. Okay, I think I've got one more. Yes, so if you could wave a magic wand, where would your life be six months from now? Where six, would you be? Six months from now, I think um, uh, I would have booked a major role in – either the Dragon Ball or the Star Wars franchise and voice acting would be my main line of work still would be wrestling, but would be out of corporate America. Um, and just would be making a living with my voice. And again, setting that example for my family, having Jeff along the ride with me as well. And just having fun, making a living, doing what I enjoy doing. I think that's ideally where I would like to be. I love that. Yeah. And I'm just hearing like, really, the, the life that you desire is one of where you can be serving others Absolutely. at the same time as doing what you love. Absolutely. That's the magic. That's it. I mean, that's, that's the secret to voice acting as well, in case anybody hasn't picked up on that. It's not about just a funny voice or a funny, you know, whatever. It's what you can bring to that person's project to bring their, their visual to life. And then it, it impacts so many people across so many different mediums and continents across the world that it just, it's life changing. And that's what you ultimately want to do. You want to serve to make that impact for everybody else. Yeah. And serve from a place where your cup is full, where Absolutely. you are like overflowing and you have so much to give. That is it that. to a T right there. I love it, man. And those, the one thing I love about this segment of the show is that, Every guest brings five different questions to the table. Nobody discusses them ahead of time, but every question has been so different. Or if it's even a question that's been asked on, you know, on a previous episode, it goes to a whole new level and just unpacks a different layer to, you know, something that's already been talked about or another layer of self-discovery that I haven't even opened up on. So it's it's always fascinating getting to do this and I I love 
getting to know you through this process as well, because I feel like I've been talking to somebody I've known for years at this point, and we haven't even been talking an hour yet. So it, it's just amazing how this whole thing turns out. Yeah, I love that. And that's the power of coaching. Like we ask really, really good questions that you Absolutely. didn't even never even considered and so yeah and you get to know yourself better through the process i love it and i'm going to go ahead and say right now if you haven't considered coaching or if it's something that you've thought about pursuing just listening to this interview by all means please check the show notes because these are going to be front and center right at the top get connected with andrea she's got some information you can get with her about booking a free clarity call you can get your free personal freedom starter kit and you can follow her on instagram too so if you you know if you're looking for that next step in your life or finding you know the next step on your personal journey get connected because i am confident in saying you'll be in good hands with andrea thank you of I course well, is there anything else that um, you would like to discuss with our audience before we call it a night here? Um, yeah, I think what, what I'll just like maybe add on to what you said is if, if you are stuck, if you are feeling stressed, if you are feeling unfulfilled in some way, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -mm. And sometimes it is a coach that can hand you the keys to really unlock the wisdom that you are carrying. And, and if you're feeling at some sort of an alignment or curiosity or pull, please get in touch. I love, love, love talking to people. And um, yeah, I'd be happy to see if I can support you and or put you in the right direction um, to make sure you get the support that you need. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, that is the sign of a great, great coach. And great is going to undersell that, but it, it's the best word I can think of because truth be told, we're humans. Like you said, we go on autopilot. Sometimes we get tunnel vision and we miss simple things that could be life-changing. And having a coach like yourself to be that second set of eyes and help us, sometimes that's all it takes. So guys, don't hesitate. Get connected with Andrea if you've been thinking about this. I mean, what do you have to lose? You have a chance to get your better self out in the world and start enjoying life the way you deserve to. So she's got my stamp of approval and I hope that you'll check her out as well. And if you do tell her, you listened to this podcast and you heard our interview and that's how you found out about it. But Andrea, in all seriousness, thank you for being so flexible and taking the time to be on here for this interview because it means the world to me. Thank you. Of thank course. You and as always, Jeff, the man behind the curtain over here that makes this show sound so pretty, thank you for your time as well. And our audience, thank you for continuing to tune in as we get into our second year here. How crazy is that? But, you know, just if this was your first episode, guys, go back in the archives, get subscribed, leave that five-star review, and dive into all these episodes because you'll find things that other people have gone through. People that are celebrities, people that have been on the cusp of, you know, lifetime fame, and then just, it didn't happen, but they're still plugging along, they're still making the best life, find out about their story, what they did to keep going, and still stay motivated, there's a lot of that in here, and there's a lot of self-starters and entrepreneurial things you can learn as well, we've got something for everybody, so go back, do that deep dive, get subscribed, and then word of mouth, share it with your family, share it with your friends, anybody that may need to hear some encouragement, or maybe struggling with something, get them introduced to this show because I guarantee that they will find something that will help them as well. But in all honesty, guys, I have to say this, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Y'all have kept this show going for over a year, and I am forever grateful. 
You make this show what it is. You make it a fun thing for me because I know you tune in. I know you listen. And I know that you enjoy the content that Jeff and I are bringing you. And for that, we are grateful. And Andrea, I am so grateful again that you took the time to be on here tonight. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up right there tonight. But before we come back to you next week, I'm going to encourage you to not only go out and do some good in the world, subscribe to the show, get the merch, help those fur babies more than anything. That is the biggest part of that for me. Our merch will help the Humane Society, and that is a big thing for me if you know me. So let's do some good there. But also, too, guys, do some good for yourself. If you're thinking about coaching, go get connected with Andrea. Just do that deep dive and find out what is holding you back if you feel like something is. Don't be afraid to confront it because I guarantee you'll have a better life on the other side. But for myself, for Jeff, for Andrea, we all thank you for tuning in tonight. We hope you'll be back next week when we come back to you with another awesome guest. So until then, go get back in those episodes. Go out and give some self-love. Give some love out to the world and just be good to each other. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.